This is Morning Breath, your drive-time devotion sure to jumpstart your day. Brought to you by East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath starts now. All right, good morning. I'm Pastor Brian, and this is Morning Breath, and we're excited to be with you on the air this morning or via podcast, however you're tuning into the show today. Thanks for being a part of it with us. I am here this morning, I, Pastor Dan, uh, Pastor Matt, and uh, Pastor Jessica, I guess Pastor Matt and Pastor Jessica are often on Mondays. Uh, they are away today, and so I'm sitting in uh, with my lovely wife across from me, Emily Moore, over there. How are you doing, honey? I'm doing well. Good morning. Good morning. And uh, we also have uh, Nick Clemenson, our our uh, studio extraordinaire, uh, here with us as well. So, Nick, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. Awesome, man. Thanks for being here. We're in Nehemiah chapter 6. This is a, a drive time or any time devotion, hopefully to jumpstart your day, sure to jumpstart your day. And uh, we're going to be in Nehemiah chapter 6. Like I said, we are working our way through the book of Nehemiah. It's a, it's a pretty awesome book. And I'm going to tell, I'm going to let my wife tell you how to get connected with the show if this is your first time or maybe you're not familiar with all the ways she can, uh, she can help you with that. Sure. Um, you can visit us on our website at eccc.us or you can grab our podcast as well. Um, you could call the front office, and uh, that's 321-452-1060, and ask them to mail you or email you the Morning Breath Guide um, so you can keep up with all the chapters that we read. Um, you could also check out our app or our website to see what's going on at East Coast. You could follow our YouTube page where you could find current sermons, past sermons. There's all kinds of ways to connect. Yeah, so we are uh, we're a ministry of East Coast Christian Center. Morning Breath is. It's been longstanding. Um, uh, I don't know. It's been a lot of years that we've been uh, opening up the Word of God on a regular basis. We read it at night, read again in the morning, and uh, come in and uh, just really just look at what God's breathing on. And so, uh, in a chapter, and as we do that, we share with you what God's breathing on in our in our devotion time. Um, it's not a teaching um, program as much as it is a devotion program. And so uh, hopefully you get you get blessed by that today. And uh, we do have some things going on around the church here at East Coast that we want to draw your attention to. And I guess the first of which is uh, is coming up April the 4th. Uh, it might feel like, uh, you know, it's out there a bit, but man, Easter's coming and we've got a little Easter egg hunt that, uh, that we're doing that we would love to invite you and your families to. And, and maybe you'd bring a neighbor, bring a friend. Uh, there were a couple thousand people there last year, but this year we're doing it at the Space Coast Fairgrounds, which is just north of the uh, Vieira High School, the property just to the north of there, uh, where the I guess the fair uses um, occasionally. And uh, we will be putting eggs out all over that field. We'll also have a helicopter coming in to drop some eggs, and it should be a really fun time, great time for the yeah. uh, for the whole family. And so come out to that. It's from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. on April the 4th. You can see more details about that on our website eccc.us. And one other thing that's coming up later on in April that um, now would be the great time to sign up for is uh, what we call our Men's Monster Mash. It's a it's a five-man, um, 15, or I guess it's 30-team competition of five men. Um, a lot of different uh, activities, and uh, it's a competition. It's men getting together and competing, but uh, there are varying degrees of uh, competitiveness um, that come out that day. And you can check that out at mash2020.com is the website for that. And so that is... Uh, it is a fundraiser, or it's a uh, it's a way that we're um, partnering together to to help veterans in our community, as well as doing some men's ministry here at East Coast, and just really trying to trying to grow some men around each other and have a great day out at Wickham Park later in April. And so, just draw your attention to that. Uh, of course, we're building a building this year in Vieira, and we're excited about that mm-hmm. as well. And just want to kind of keep that in front of you. And man, to God be the glory, we're going to um, have permanent roots there. We've been portable for eight years in Vieira. Oh, yes. We do church in multiple locations, but. Uh, one of those has been Vieira, the high school, for the last uh, several years, and we're, we bought some land, and we're going to build there. And Anyway, that's uh, that's what's going on here around East Coast. We're going to get into the chapter. Um, I 
am reading from the New Living Translation. What what do you yes. got over there? I got the New King James Version over here. We are in Nehemiah chapter 6. I'll uh, let you read the first nine verses, and I'll take it up from there. All right. Will you get me started? Oh, yeah. I must say unto you, my husband, read, sir. All right. Sam Ballot, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies found out that I had finished uh, rebuilding the wall and that no gaps remained though we had not yet set up the doors and the gates. So Sam Ballot and Geshem uh, sent a message asking me, asking me to meet them at one of the villages in the plain of Ono. But I realized they were plotting to harm me, so I replied by sending this message to them. I'm engaged in a great work, so I can't come. Why should I stop working to come and meet with you? Four times they sent me the same message, and each time I gave them the same reply. The fifth time, Sam Ballot Sir, Sam Ballot's servant uh, came with an open letter in his hand, and this is what it said. There is a rumor among the surrounding nations, and Geshem telling, tells me it is true that you and the Jews are planning to rebel, and that that is why you are building the wall. According to his reports, you plan to be their king. He also reports that you have appointed prophets in Jerusalem to proclaim about you, look, there is a king in Judah. You can be very sure that this report will get back to the king, so I suggest that you come and talk it over with me. I replied, there is no truth in any part of your story. You are making up the whole thing. They were just they were just trying to intimidate us, imagining that they could discourage us and stop the work. So I continued the work with even greater determination. Afterward, I came to the house of Shimeiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mahadabel, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us close the doors of the temple, for they are coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they will come to kill you. And I said, Should such a man as I flee? And who is there, such as I, who would go into the temple to save his life? I will not go in. Then I perceived that God had not sent him at all, but that he had pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. For this reason he was hired, that I should be afraid and act that way in sin, so that they might have cause for an evil report, that they might reproach me. My God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat, according to these, their works, and the prophetess Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elu in 52 days. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them, for many in Judah were pledged to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, and his son Jehonan, and had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. Wow. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Ah, oh, man. So, uh, you know, interesting chapter here. There's uh, kind of the, the, the finishing of the wall, I guess, is, uh, is what this chapter is. Uh, and, you know, some of the resistance that came there at the end. And um, I don't know, I, I've heard you say how much you love Nehemiah and how much this chapter is like one of your favorites. And so I'm going to lob it over to you. Please tell us, tell, tell Brevard County and the ends of the earth uh, all the things that are stirring in there. There is so much threaded in here about um, people who are coming against Nehemiah and words that are being spoken against Nehemiah and letters that are being sent and threats and yeah. and all these things that are coming against him to make him afraid. And I just thought, man, this whole this whole chapter is about getting 
hit up with fear. There's this, um, this, I mean, there could be a lot of themes in this chapter because it's the word of God and there's, it's just loaded and packed. But, um, I was really struck with the fact that, um, Nehemiah was just getting shellacked from every direction, um, in the, in the way of fear, that fear was just coming against him from all kinds of, um, from all kinds of areas. And, um, really, I guess the part that stuck out to me the most was, um, when he said, um, let's see, in verse 13, he said, for this reason, he was hired. He was talking about um, yeah. these guys who are coming against him, the bad guys, Tobiah and Sanballat, had hired this other guy. And he said, for this reason, he was hired. And this is where Nehemiah becomes wise to their scheme. He says, then I perceived, and for this reason, he was hired, that I should be afraid yeah. and act that way in sin. And we know that whatever is not done in faith is done in sin. And this is how the enemy tries to come against us. Nehemiah is doing incredible work here. He's rebuilding the wall. He's super close to getting it done at this point. And along come all these attacks, all these letters, all this slander against him. And he realizes, now I get it. They're coming against me to make me afraid so that I will be in fear and that I will, that I will sin. And I love his um, his response here to when he finally is wise to what they're doing, he says he turns to God. And instead of going from living a life, um, doing the work of the Lord in an offensive mode, the enemy wants to get him in a defensive mode where he's yeah. defending himself. But instead of going from offense to defense, he keeps plowing ahead. And he says, my God, remember Tobiah. Remember their works remember who would have made me afraid. Yeah. He doesn't even say, remember this guy who made me freak out. He said, remember him, remember his works, remember who would have made me afraid. And he refuses to go from offense to defending himself. He just puts it in God's hands and says, yeah. my God, remember. And he stands strong. Yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a pretty uh, noble leadership move here by, no, by Nehemiah to go, you know what? All this stuff is coming against me, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it to God. Amen. I'm going to go over their head. I'm not going to fight back with the same thing they're fighting with. Five times he gave them the same answer, basically. Like oh, yeah. they came and they, they asked, and he it goes, nope, 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 nope. And eventually he says, you know what? I'm just going to go to God Almighty who is able to make this work out on my behalf, who works all things for my good. And, you know, he's not quoting these things in the Scripture, but we know those things to be true now today. Looking back on a story like this, we can see – I mean, I, in ministry, many times um, there's there's things that come against the work of God, and so yeah. um, and in your life out there, whether you're in ministry full time or you're doing ministry on whatever whatever level you are today, there's resistance to that. The enemy wants to throw stuff at you to to get you to backpedal to come off the gas pedal of of moving the kingdom forward. The, mm -hmm. the Bible says that forcefully the kingdom of God advances. That that the um, that we take it by force, that we lay hold of, and we have to go. There's got to be a green light. There's got to be a let's stay on the gas. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have seasons of rest and we don't have other things that way. But when there's resistance, we have to recognize the resistance. And I love, I love what he says. He says, so I continued the work with even greater determination. Amen. He says, you know what? I'm going to dive in because I know this is the Lord. I'm going to keep doing what I was told to do by God, and I'm going to fight the good fight. And you know what? Amen. God can God can sort this out. God can work these details out. And I just love his commitment to go, I'm not going to do this flesh and flesh thing. I'm going to go to God Almighty and let him work this out. You know, on another thought is uh, I loved in uh, in verse 9, 
this thought that you know he's going to do it with even greater determination. I started to say something about that, but the thought that when when we get resistance, that we can dig in, that instead of getting distracted and fighting the fight over there, we can dig in and we can actually, with more fervency and more passion, dig into the work right. that God's given us to do. Instead of you think about that, what the enemy intended for evil. This actually cranks up the ante a little bit for for the yes. believer that says, you know what, I'm going to get resistance over here, and rather than get distracted, that let that empower you today to go, you know what, there's a real enemy that's really trying to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm going to dig in even harder over here Amen. because when I dig in, there's more fruit. Instead of getting distracted and fighting the fight and reducing the amount of fruit that you could that you could produce in your life, why not just say, you know what, I see that over there, I recognize that as an enemy, and I'm going to keep digging in and stay faithful to what I'm called to do. You know, one of the greatest principles that I could give you as as a leader or somebody, you know, leading ministry is be faithful. Many times we get distracted, and just in the simple distraction, think about daily life of how many distractions are out there for our, just our daily life from a text message that goes squirrel, you know, and it's like, whoa, over there and over here, and you're bouncing around. Yeah. Even more so when when there's a real enemy trying to distract you from being dad, from being husband, from being mom, being wife, being colleague, being you know, student, there's just distractions every day to just try to get you off of what you're called to do. And I would encourage you, man, let's stir it up a little bit more today. Let's crank it. Let's let's turn it up a notch and let's dig in a little bit deeper and go for it. So what Amen. else stuck out to you, though? Absolutely. Um, I noticed in verse 17, um, I'm kind of bouncing around yeah, here, fine. but um, it talks about, it says, also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah. So we're talking about important people oh, yeah. that are coming against Nehemiah. This is not anybody. like some little guy who's, you know, got a little voice yeah. on the side of the road who's like badgering him and heckling him while he's building the wall. This is, these are nobles. These are important people. Um, it said that, uh, let's see, in verse 18, for many in Judah were pledged to him. They were pledged to Tobiah yeah. because he was a son of this guy who was the son of that guy who was the daughter of this person and the son of that person. It was this really important family who was, yeah, Tobiah wasn't just any little guy. And they're talking about, I'm going to tell the king, I'm going to tell the king that you're building the wall and going to proclaim yourself as king. These are huge lies, huge accusations. And really, um, I feel like if all the enemy has to do to get us distracted from the good work that God has called us to do and the things that he's called us to build. If all he has to do is send accusations to get our focus off, he's going to do that. And he can find big, important people and little unimportant people. He'll he'll use any means yeah. that he can to come against the work that God is doing in us and through us. But where Nehemiah says, um, where he says, who would have made me afraid, um, but they did not, but it says they would have made me afraid, um, he gives it to God, and then the verse right after that says, so the wall was finished, yeah, and he, he got through it. He got through all this stuff. He pressed in, like you're saying. He did what he needed to do, and he did it amid all the accusations by important people, and I, even though we don't live in a place that has a king, we do have a president, but on a more tangible level for for you and I, we have um, bosses in our lives. We have things like that. And what do you do when somebody makes an accusation to you, um, to the boss? What do you do when, um, because it happens, stuff yeah. like this happens when there are accusations mm-hmm. that are false. You know, you, you can be falsely accused about things. And do you go, oh no, that's an important person. Or that person could make me lose my job. Or if somebody's trying to intimidate you, 
you and they're and they're a big shot or whatever is going on that way um, that might affect you and your in whatever situation that you're in. Um, when these types of things happen, do we cower in fear or do we stay true to the work that God has called us to do? Do we finish building the wall? Do we, like you were saying, dig in and get her done? Um, or do we decide, okay, I, I'm just going to get distracted? Because it's like my mom used to say growing up, um, I remember there was this girl one time that had a crush on my brother and she was a really beautiful girl and, but she wasn't good for him. And so my brother, it was, it was, um, he didn't date her or anything, but it's hard to say no to a really beautiful girl when you're, you know, when you're a young high school boy. And my mom said to him, I'll never forget. She said, if all the devil has to do to get you distracted from God is send you a gorgeous woman. Don't you think he'd do that? And it just really stuck out to me that if all the devil has to do to get me distracted from the work of God is falsely accuse me. Don't you think he'd do that? Yeah, you know, many times the uh, the the voice of the accuser is coming through a person. This isn't yeah. like you know some outside like this is coming through people. This is not like yeah, you just hear something in your head. This is a, this always is people. Um, accusations come through people. They come through yeah. letters. They come through notices. They come through things. But it they're God. God just as much as God used people, the enemy uses people to come against stuff. And so yep. I just want maybe want to ask the question, and I I. I preached a message um, years, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago about who told you that. And it's talking out of Genesis where the enemy comes oh, yeah. to lie and, and tells, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden that they're naked. And that now they're feeling something. They're feeling shame. They're feeling all sorts of things because the enemy told them something about themselves and they believed it. And they gave value to what they were told by that enemy, by the liar. And the question we have to ask many times to sort through, is this resistance or is this God? Is who told you that? And it's not the flesh and blood who told you that, but does it line up with the Word of God? Because in this, it's a very interesting thing that he was like, I knew that there was this, right? Like, he was determined to recognize that it was resistance, that it wasn't a, I should be doing something different, right? And so... I think the value of having, you know, people in your life, getting in the Word on a regular basis, having people around you can help you sort out. If you're wondering, how in the world would I know if it's the accuser or if it's God that's directing me? And that it's a real thing. How do I hear the voice of God and make sure that I'm led by the voice of God and not yeah. the voice of some stranger over here that is the enemy? Well, who are you giving value to? What are you giving value to? What voice? What letter? What notice? What... What are you letting label you, if you will? Like, you can start carrying labels and start carrying value and worth based on what some accuser or somebody of power or of not power says about you. But we give access to people. We give weight to their words. We give access to our lives to those people. And we have to constantly stop and slow down the game a little bit, slow down this thing of life to go, hold on a second. Let, let, let's get back to, let's dig into what we're supposed to be doing. We know this to be true. What you know to be true today, that God has spoken to you, stay faithful to that. Amen. And when we have questions of, is this God? Is this the enemy? What is this that's coming against me? We need to stay true to what we're doing. Don't, don't give up what you're doing in the meantime. Keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. You know that the Lord told you to do. And now let's dig into the Word of God and find out what God says about it, what God says about this accusation or this circumstance, or let's find out the the real root of where that thing's coming from and what value you've placed under, what you've given um, authority to in your life. And let's let the Word of God have the ultimate authority. Let God have the ultimate say in 
your worth and your value and the direction of your life as well. And so just be careful that you don't get steered. I'm, I'm amazed, actually, on, on a lot of levels how, how faithful Nehemiah is, is. to just incredible. keep going. Like, let's go. Like, And he just continues to stay his course and not not be wavered, not be moved by Amen. it. And it's it's just remarkable. So, Amen. Yeah. you can. It's so easy to—I mean, I can look around me right now and even be overwhelmed by— a lot of my friends who are going through difficult times, whether it's things being um, attacked in their health and my mom having a cancer scare, and there are just so many things going on right now. I could just rattle off a a long list of of things that that the enemy is coming against, people who I love and coming against me. And um, I feel like, you know, if you're out there today and you feel like, man, it's just been one thing after another, I'm just getting shellacked keep focused and remember yeah. that you're in good company. You're in you're in, in good company of when you think about the saints that have gone before you, like Nehemiah, he was getting absolutely shellacked by from every direction. And and really we can learn by his actions here. And you look at verse the end of verse nine, one of his actions was he turns to God. In verse 13, another one of his actions, um, or in verse 14, he turns to God. In verse yeah. 13, what is his prayer? Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. And he knows that his hands are feeble. They're only man's hands. They're not, they're, he's, he's not God, but he has He has the strength of God in his hands. Now, therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Verse 14, O God, my God, remember Tobiah. My God, he, he's incessantly turning to God in this, turning to God in this. And and um, I know Pastor Jessica is usually here on Mondays. She's not here today, but um, I'll bring a good word from her anyway. We were talking the other day, and she said a word that God had given her for this year was fix, as in fix your eyes on Jesus. And I said, that's awesome, because a word that God gave me for this year was focus. Focus my eyes on Jesus. And like the words in that old school song, some people just need to hear this. And I know I need to hear this in this season of life because um, because of all the things that come against us and because of the good work that God's called us to do, that we need to remember, turn your eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face, and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We've got to stay fixed. We've got to stay focused. We've got to stay on the offensive and to and to continue to do the work of the Lord. And we can learn from Nehemiah and just pray that prayer in your heart. Now, therefore, O oh God, strengthen my hands. And he will do it. He's faithful. I mean, you Nehemiah blows me away at how strong he was here, but it's just a glorification of the strength of God in his life. He was just a man, just like I'm just a woman. We're just humans. We yeah. have we're we're prone to we're 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 prone to want to in our flesh um try to try to be good enough and do good enough. But he's leaning on the Lord and that's why he was able to accomplish this great work, staying focused, staying fixed. Yeah, you know the 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 idea that we can stay focused on what we're called to is um it's not easy like we could we could make it you know sound a lot easier no it was a war in his (laughs) mind it was a war in his spirit yeah i mean joyce meyer wrote an incredible book called battlefield of the mind like many times this war is not not necessarily the flesh and blood that's bringing you the report it's actually what you're going to think about it the next the next thought behind it right is words are just words like there's that dumb saying out there that you know um sticks and stones may break my my bones but words may never harm me yeah that well was dumb. <laughs> the truth is well the truth is the words aren't going to harm you it's what comes behind those words Absolutely. and your feelings about those words and it's all the things where sticks yeah. and stones literally can break your bones but the words are only words until you give power to those words right yeah. and so the words that we give power to 
what happens in your mind, in your battlefield of what am I going to think about those things that I just heard, you know, now, now is where the real fight starts, you know, yeah. and we can win by the spirit of God. We are overcomers. We, you know, Amen. we have the ability to walk in the spirit and not the desires of our flesh and not all the rumors and the murmuring and all the stuff. We can actually stay steadfast on the word of God and be led by the spirit of God, which Nehemiah Amen. in his day didn't have the ability to do that. He had to wait for a word from the outside all the time, right? Through a prophet or through a, you know, being led of the spirit of God. When, when the spirit of God, the helper is on the inside of us, that's an incredible opportunity we have. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is morning breath. Yeah, just to uh, just to maybe finish off that thought just a little bit is let, let's be careful what we're giving power to, what we're giving authority to, um, as people say things and uh, you know the words that uh, 
what we think after the words that we hear, we uh, we should be careful with that. And let's renew our mind to the truth today. Let's be encouraged today, actually, that, that the God of the universe wants to do life with you and wants to help you. Amen. And so that when you face uh, resistance and accusations and stuff, you know what? There's a God who's for you and not against you. And there are believers that are for you and not against you, that a local church is a great place to plug in, whether it's a small group, whether it's a you know a, a mass gathering of some sort, whatever that looks like, whether that's a 100 people or 10 people or 1,000 people in your setting. I mean, get around some believers today, maybe maybe do this. Maybe put on some praise music today, right in the midst of the battle, right in the midst of the accusations, right in the midst of the stuff, and Amen. just go to the Lord and be thankful for all that God has already done and the victories of, of what you've already walked through. Let's not, let's not pull back and let one word from one source be the thing that determines our next step all the time. Let's let the source be God Almighty and let His word and what He has done already and what they were able to do, that they could succeed in 52 days is pretty ridiculously remarkable. Like, it's incredible what they to accomplish. You're doing great stuff out there. Don't stop what you're doing. Let's stay faithful today. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day in Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day. And all the nations around us saw these things, that they were very disheartened in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was done by our God. Also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came to them. For many in Judah were pledged to him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah, the son of Era, and his son Jehonan, and had married the daughter of Meshulam, the son of Berechiah. Wow. Also, they reported his good deeds before me and reported my words to him. Tobiah sent letters to frighten me. Ah, man. So, uh, you know, interesting chapter here. There's uh, kind of the, the, the finishing of the wall, I guess, is, uh, is what this chapter is. Uh, and, you know, some of the resistance that came there at the end. And um, I don't know, I, I've heard you say how much you love Nehemiah and how much this chapter is like one of your favorites. And so... I'm going to lob it over to you. Please tell us, tell tell Brevard County and the ends of the earth uh, all the things that are stirring in there. There is so much threaded in here about um, people who are coming against Nehemiah and words that are being spoken against Nehemiah and letters that are being sent and threats and yeah. and all these things that are coming against him to make him afraid. And I just thought, man, this whole this whole chapter is about getting hit up with fear. There's this, um, this, I mean, there could be a lot of themes in this chapter because it's the word of God and there's, it's just loaded and packed. But, um, I was really struck with the fact that, um, Nehemiah was just getting shellacked from every direction, um, in the, in the way of fear, that fear was just coming against him from all kinds of, um, from all kinds of areas. And, um, really, I guess the part that stuck out to me the most was, um, when he said, um, let's see, in verse 13, he said, for this reason, he was hired. He was talking about um, yeah. these guys who are coming against him, the bad guys, Tobiah and Sanballat, had hired this other guy. And he said, for this reason, he was hired. And this is where Nehemiah becomes wise to their scheme. He says, then I perceived, and for this reason, he was hired, that I should be afraid yeah. and act that way and sin. And we know that whatever is not done in faith 
is done in sin. And this is how the enemy tries to come against us. Nehemiah is doing incredible work here. He's rebuilding the wall. He's super close to getting it done at this point. And along come all these attacks, all these letters, all this slander against him. And he realizes, now I get it. They're coming against me to make me afraid so that I will be in fear and that that I will sin. And I love his um, his response here to when he finally is wise to what they're doing. He says he turns to God, and instead of going from living a life, um, doing the work of the Lord in an offensive mode, the enemy wants to get him in a defensive mode where he's yeah. defending himself. But instead of going from offense to defense, he keeps plowing ahead, and he says, my God, remember Tobiah. Remember their works. Remember who would have made me afraid. He doesn't even say, remember this guy who made me freak out. He said, remember him. Remember his works. Remember who would have made me afraid. And he refuses to go from offense to defending himself. He just puts it in God's hands and says, my God, remember. And he stands strong. Yeah, I think it's a I think it's a pretty uh, noble leadership move here by no, by Nehemiah to go. You know what? All this stuff is coming against me, but you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take it to God. Amen. I'm going to go over their head. I'm not going to fight back with the same thing they're fighting with. Five times he gave them the same answer, basically. Like uh, oh, yeah. they came and they they asked, and he it goes, "Nope, nope, 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 nope." And eventually he says, "You know what?" I'm just going to go to God Almighty, who is able to make this work out on my behalf, who works all things for my good. And, you know, he's not quoting these things in the Scripture, but we know those things to be true now today. Looking back on a story like this, we can see, I mean, I, in ministry many times, um, there's there's things that come against the work of God. And so yeah. um, and in your life out there, whether you're in ministry full-time or you're doing ministry on whatever whatever level you are today— there's resistance to that. The enemy wants to throw stuff at you to, to get you to backpedal, to come off the gas pedal of, of moving the kingdom forward. The, mm-hmm. the Bible says that forcefully the kingdom of God advances, that, that, the, um, that we take it by force, that we lay hold of, and we have to go. There's got to be a green light. There's got to be a let's stay on the gas. Now, that doesn't mean we don't have seasons of rest and we don't have other things that way, but when there's resistance, we have to recognize the resistance. And I love, I love what he says. He says, so I continued the work with even greater determination. He says, you know what? I'm going to dive in because I know this is the Lord. I'm going to keep doing what I was told to do by God, and I'm going to fight the good fight. And you know what? God God can sort this out. God can work these details out. And I just love his commitment to go. I'm not going to do this flesh and flesh thing. I'm going to go to God Almighty and let him work this out. You know, on another thought is uh, I loved in, uh, in verse 9, this thought that, you know, he's going to do it with even greater determination. I started to say something about that. But the thought that when when we get resistance, that we can dig in, that instead of getting distracted and fighting the fight over there, we can dig in and we can actually with more fervency and more passion dig into the work right. that God's given us to do. Instead of, you think about that what the enemy intended for evil, this actually cranks up the ante a little bit for, for the does. believer that says, you know what? I'm going to get resistance over here, and rather than get distracted, that let that empower you today to go, you know what? There's a real enemy that's really trying to steal, kill, and destroy. I'm going to dig in even harder over here Amen. because when I dig in, there's more fruit. 
instead of getting distracted and fighting the fight and reducing the amount of fruit that you could that you could produce in your life, why not just say, you know what, I see that over there, I recognize that as an enemy, and I'm going to keep digging in and stay faithful to what I'm called to do. You know, one of the greatest principles that I could give you as as a leader or somebody, you know, leading ministry is be faithful. Many times we get distracted, and just in the simple distraction, think about daily life of how many distractions are out there for our, just our daily life from a text message that goes squirrel, you know, and it's like, whoa, over there and over here, and you're bouncing around. Yeah. Even more so when, when there's a real enemy trying to distract you from being dad, from being husband, from being mom, being wife, being colleague, being, you know, student. There's just distractions every day to just try to get you off of what you're called to do. And I would encourage you, man, let's stir it up a little bit more today. Let's crank it. Let's let's turn it up a notch and let's dig in a little bit deeper and go for it. So what else Amen. stuck out to you, though? Absolutely. Um, I noticed in verse 17, um, I'm kind of bouncing around yeah, here, fine. but um, it talks about, it says, also in those days, the nobles of Judah sent many letters to Tobiah. So we're talking about important people oh, yeah, that are coming in Nehemiah. Yeah, this is not anybody. like some little guy who's, you know, got a little voice yeah. on the side of the road who's like badgering him and heckling him while he's building the wall. This is, these are nobles. These are important people. Um, it said that, uh, let's see in verse 18, for many in Judah were pledged to him. They were pledged to Tobiah because he was a son of this guy who was a son of that guy who was the daughter of this person and the son of that person. It was this really important family who would, yeah, Tobiah wasn't just any little guy. And they're talking about, I'm going to tell the king, I'm going to tell the king that you're building the wall and going to proclaim yourself as king. These are huge lies, huge accusations. And really, um, I feel like if all the enemy has to do to get us distracted from the good work that God has called us to do and the things that he's called us to build, if all he has to do is send accusations to get our focus off, he's going to do that. And he can find big, important people and little, unimportant people. He'll he'll use any means yeah. that he can to come against the work that God is doing in us and through us. But where Nehemiah says, um, where he says, who would have made me afraid, um, but they did not, but it says they would have made me afraid, um, he gives it to God. And then the verse right after that says, so the wall was finished yeah, and he, he got through it. He got through all this stuff. He pressed in, like you're saying, he did what he needed to do and he did it amid all the accusations by important people. And even though we don't live in a place that has a king, we do have a president, but on a more tangible level for for you and I, we have um, bosses in our lives. We have things like that. And what do you do when somebody makes an accusation to you, um, to the boss? What do you do when, um, because it happens, stuff yeah. like this happens when there are accusations mm-hmm. that are false. You know, you, you can be falsely accused about things. And do you go, oh no, that's an important person. Or that person could make me lose my job. Or if somebody's trying to intimidate you and they're, and they're a big shot or whatever is going on that way um, that might affect you and your, and whatever situation that you're in, um, when these types of things happen, do we cower in fear or do we stay true to the work that God has called us to do? Do we finish building the wall? Do we, like you were saying, dig in and get her done? Um, or do we decide, okay, I'm just going to get distracted because it's like my mom used to say growing up. Um, I remember 
there was this girl one time that had a crush on my brother and she was a really beautiful girl and, but she wasn't good for him. And so my brother, it was, it was, um, he didn't date her or anything, but it's hard to say no to a really beautiful girl when you're, you know, when you're a young high school boy. And my mom said to him, I'll never forget. She said, if all the devil has to do to get you distracted from God is send you a gorgeous woman. Don't you think he'd do that? And it just really stuck out to me that if all the devil has to do to get me distracted from the work of God is falsely accuse me. Don't you think he'd do that? Yeah, you know, many times the uh, the the voice of the accuser is coming through a person. This isn't yeah. like you know some outside like this is coming through people. This is not like yeah, you just hear something in your head. This is a, this always is people. Um, accusations come through people. They come through yeah. letters. They come through notices. They come through things. But it they're God. God just as much as God used people, the enemy uses people to come against stuff. And so yep. I just want maybe want to ask the question, and I I. I preached a, a message um, years, I don't know, a year and a half, two years ago about who told you that. And it's talking out of Genesis where the enemy comes oh, yeah. to lie and, and tells, you know, Adam and Eve in the garden that they're naked. And that now they're feeling something. They're feeling shame. They're feeling all sorts of things because the enemy told them something about themselves and they believed it. And they gave value to what they were told by that enemy, by the liar. And the question we have to ask many times to sort through, is this resistance or is this God? Is who told you that? And it's not the flesh and blood who told you that, but does it line up with the Word of God? Because in this, it's a very interesting thing that he was like, I knew that there was this, right? Like, he was determined to recognize that it was resistance, that it wasn't a, I should be doing something different, right? And so... I think the value of having, you know, people in your life, getting in the word on a regular basis, having people around you can help you sort out. If you're wondering how in the world would I know if it's the accuser or if it's God that's directing me and that it's a real thing. How do I hear the voice of God and make sure that I'm led by the voice of God and not the voice of some stranger over here that is the enemy? Well, who are you giving value to? What are you giving value to? What voice, what letter, what notice, what what are you letting label you, if you will? Like you can start carrying labels and start carrying value and worth based on what some accuser or somebody Absolutely. of power or of not power says about you. But we give access to people. We give weight to their words. We give access to our lives to those people. And we have to constantly stop and slow down the game a little bit, slow down this thing of life to go, hold on a second. Let, let, let's get back to, let's dig into what we're supposed to be doing. We know this to be true. What you know to be true today, that God has spoken to you, stay faithful to that. Amen. And when we have questions of, is this God? Is this the enemy? What is this that's coming against me? We need to stay true to what we're doing. Don't, don't give up what you're doing in the meantime. Keep mm-hmm. doing what you're doing. You know that the Lord told you to do. And now let's dig into the Word of God and find out what God says about it, what God says about this accusation or this circumstance, or let's find out the the real root of where that thing's coming from and what value you've placed under, what you've given um, authority to in your life. And let's let the Word of God have the ultimate authority. Let God have the ultimate say in your worth and your value and the direction of your life as well. And so just be careful that you don't get steered. I'm, I'm amazed, actually, on, on a lot of levels how, how faithful Nehemiah is, is. to it's just incredible. keep going. Like, let's go. Like, And he just continues to stay his course and not not be wavered, not be moved by Amen. it. And it's it's just remarkable. So, Amen. Yeah. You can, it's so easy to, I mean, I can look around me right now and even be overwhelmed by 
a lot of my friends who are going through difficult times, whether it's things being um, attacked in their health and my mom having a cancer scare. And there are just so many things going on right now. I could just rattle off a a long list of of things that um, that the enemy is coming against people who I love and coming against me. And um, I feel like, you know, if you're out there today and you feel like, man, it's just been one thing after another, I'm just getting shellacked keep focused and remember yeah. that you're in good company. You're in, you're in, in good company of when you think about the saints that have gone before you, like Nehemiah, he was getting absolutely shellacked by from every direction. And, and really we can learn by his actions here. And you look at verse, the end of verse nine, one of his actions was he turns to God in verse 13, another one of his actions, um, or in verse 14, he turns to God in verse yeah. 13. What is his prayer now? Therefore, Oh God, strengthen my hands. And he knows that his hands are feeble. They're only man's hands. They're not there. He's, he's not God, but he has, he has the strength of God in his hands. Now, therefore, Oh God, strengthen my hands. Verse 14. Oh God, my God, remember Tobiah, my God, he he's incessantly turning to God in this, turning to God in this. And, and um, I know Pastor Jessica is usually here on Mondays. She's not here today, but um, I'll bring a good word from her anyway. We were talking the other day, and she said a word that God had given her for this year was fix, as in fix your eyes on Jesus. And I said, that's awesome, because a word that God gave me for this year was focus. Focus my eyes on Jesus. And like the words in that old school song, some people just need to hear this. And I know I need to hear this in this season of life because um, because of all the things that come against us and because of the good work that God's called us to do that we need to remember, turn your eyes on Jesus, look full in his wonderful face and the things of earth will grow strangely dim in the light of his glory and grace. We've got to stay fixed. We've got to stay focused. We've got to stay on the offensive and to and to continue to do the work of the Lord. And we can learn from Nehemiah and just pray that prayer in your heart. Now, therefore, oh God, strengthen my hands. And he will do it. He's faithful. I mean, you Nehemiah blows me away at how strong he was here, but it's just a glorification of the strength of God in his life. He was just a man, just like I'm just a woman. We're just humans. We yeah. have, we're, we're prone to, we're, we're, we're prone to want to, in our flesh, um, try to, try to be good enough and do good enough, but he's leaning on the Lord. And that's why he was able to accomplish this great work, staying focused, staying fixed. Yeah. You know, the, the, the idea that we can stay focused on what we're called to is um it's not easy like we could we could make it you know sound a lot easier no it was a war in his (laughs) mind it was a war in his spirit yeah i mean joyce meyer wrote an incredible book called battlefield of the mind like many times this war is not not necessarily the flesh and blood that's bringing you the report it's actually what you're going to think about it the next the next thought behind it right is words are just words like there's that dumb saying out there that you know um sticks and stones may break my my bones but words may never harm me yeah that well was dumb. <laughs> the truth is well the truth is the words aren't going to harm you it's what comes behind those words Absolutely. and your feelings about those words and it's all the things where sticks yeah. and stones literally can break your bones but the words are only words until you give power to those words right yeah. and so the words that we give power to what happens in your mind, in your battlefield of what am I going to think about those things that I just heard, you know, now 
now is where the real fight starts, you know, yeah. and we can win by the spirit of God. We are overcomers. We, you know, Amen. we have the ability to walk in the spirit and not the desires of our flesh and not all the rumors and the murmuring and all the stuff. We can actually stay steadfast on the word of God and be led by the spirit of God, which Nehemiah Amen. in his day didn't have the ability to do that. He had to wait for a word from the outside all the time, right? Through a prophet or through a, you know, being led of the spirit of God. When, when the spirit of God, the helper is on the inside of us, that's an incredible opportunity we have. You are listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center, Merritt Island, Vieira, and Coco. Langston Commercial Real Estate, owned by Scott Langston, a senior commercial broker, has been selling real estate and giving free consultations for over 18 years. Scott Langston will show you the best way to buy, invest, or lease commercial property. 321-403-1111. That's 321-403-1111. Hi everyone, Kevin Barfield here with Barfield Contracting and Associates. We are a fully licensed and insured roofing and building contractor. We're located in Cocoa Village, but we service all of Brevard County and surrounding communities. We also offer many discounts, military, senior. As always, we offer free estimates and we appreciate every opportunity that we're given. We're at 454-4531. That's 454-4531. Barfield Contracting, treating you like family. God bless you. Pineapple Garden Assisted Living Facility, located in the Rockledge Vieira area. Affordable care with daily activities and a friendly 24-hour staff, making sure you or your loved one is safe and secure. Please visit us today by going online at pineapplegarden.com or call 321-405-CARE. We want to be a church that's focused on God, focused on the people on the inside, and focused on the people on the outside. Love God, love the church, love people, because we're building a life-giving church that lasts. East Coast Christian Center. Join us every weekend, Saturday night at 5.30 p.m. and Sunday morning at 8.30, 10, and 11.30 a.m. East Coast Christian Center is located at 680 North Courtney Parkway, Merritt Island. The Avenue Worship Center. Enjoy a fresh brewed cup of coffee with friends and family. Service times are at 9.30 and 11 a.m. at 85 North Richland Avenue. East Coast Christian Center, Coco. We now have three services every Sunday morning at 8.15, 10 o'clock, and 11.45 a.m. Located at 1855 North Friday Road, Coco. For more information, call 452-1060, extension 100. That's 452-1060, extension 100. Or visit us online at eccc.us. That's eccc.us. East Coast Christian Center, building a life-giving church that lasts. Welcome back to the show. This is morning breath. Yeah, just to uh, just to maybe finish off that thought just a little bit is let, let's be careful what we're giving power to, what we're giving authority to, um, as people say things and uh, you know the words that uh, what we think after the words that we hear, we uh, we should be careful with that and let's renew our mind to the truth today. Let's be encouraged today, actually, that, that the God of the universe wants to do life with you and wants to help you, Amen. and so that when you face uh, resistance and accusations and stuff. You know what? There's a God who's for you and not against you, and there are believers that are for you and not against you. That a local church is a great place to plug in, whether it's a small group, whether it's a you know a, a mass gathering of some sort, whatever that looks like, whether that's a, a hundred people or ten people or a thousand people in your setting. Man, get around some believers today. Maybe 
maybe do this. Maybe put on some praise music today, right in the midst of the battle, right in the midst of the accusations, right in the midst of the stuff, and just go to the Lord and be thankful for all that God has already done and the victories of of what you've already walked through. Let's Let's not pull back and let one word from one source be the thing that determines our next step all the time. Let's let the source be God Almighty and let His Word and what He has done already and what they were able to do, that they could succeed in 52 days is pretty ridiculously remarkable. Like, it's incredible what they're able to accomplish. You're doing great stuff out there. Don't stop what you're doing. Let's stay faithful today. God bless you guys. We'll talk to you soon. Have a great day in Jesus. Amen. Thank you for listening to Morning Breath from East Coast Christian Center. We hope to see you at one of our locations this weekend. For additional information, such as service times, events, and more, please visit us at eccc.us. Thanks, and we hope you have a blessed day.